Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, there's not a lot worse things to experience in life than to maybe have a dream of something, desire it, put in all of the effort for it, and then have it turn out so contrary to our expectations. We're so defeated by that experience. See, even if it, doesn't, even if it does turn out well, even CEOs will tell you that when they reach the penultimate experience of their career, the happiness doesn't sustain, it only lasts momentarily. And if you're looking for proof of this, just look to your own lives. I like to think back to the days of middle school. Oftentimes you'll hear it today where a middle schooler will say, oh man, I just can't wait for high school, it's gonna be so great. And they get to high school and about three years later you hear them saying that same thing, except this time, I can't wait for college, high school is terrible. And once I get to college, it's gonna be great. I can study what I want, I don't have to worry about my parents anymore, and I can study what I desire to study. I have all this freedom. I get to college, and they maybe enjoy that for a while, and then about three, four years later, they say to themselves, I can't wait for college to be over. I'm done with school. And once I get out there into the working world, things are going to be great. And then they get out in the working world, and maybe six months later, or a year, or if you're really lucky, a year and a half, you kind of find yourself saying, man, I wish I could go back to college. <laughs> you see, this is the experience of the human condition. And until we recognize that true happiness, true joy, is not possible on this side of earth, we will never find a joy that powers us to eternity. You see, as we celebrate this Gaudete Sunday, rejoice! Have joy. The coming of the Savior is near. We are reminded to seek for that joy that will endure. But yet this time of year, we oftentimes find ourselves like John the Baptist. Having set out to do Advent right, we now find ourselves imprisoned by the checklist or by the worries about getting ready. You know, maybe it is that our desire has moved from that of a child to have the perfect gift under the tree to something a little more mature. 
Maybe it's now the desire to have the whole family together on Christmas Day. We seek out to make sure that all the kids can get home for Christmas, that the house is ready, that everything's perfect, that the gifts are purchased, they're wrapped, they're put under the tree, which is in the right spot, and our ornaments are protected from the kids who have total disregard for them. And we have this hope, we have this hope that politics won't get brought up at the table. We have all these expectations in our mind, but yet as much as we desire to have the perfect Hallmark Christmas, we realize that it will never happen. And Jesus teaches us a very subtle thing about Advent and about the expectations of our life through the character of John the Baptist this week. See, as I preached about two weeks ago, this desire for the Lord is at the center of our heart. And once we recognize that desire, it leaves us no other option than to pursue it every day of our life for the rest of our lives. But yet, as we act upon that, it doesn't always go as expected. We forget that the predictions of our first reading, that the lame will walk, that the blind will see, that we will be vindicated, doesn't really happen until the end of our life. You see, we find ourselves like John, who desired the coming of the Messiah so much, who acknowledged those words of Isaiah, who took it to heart, and he who encountered the Lord, having leapt in the womb of his mother at his cousin's coming, went out to the desert to preach and proclaim his coming. But now he finds that he's in prison. You see, he begins to doubt. And he tells his disciples to go ask Jesus. He says, Lord, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? In other words, Lord, this is not how I expected this to go. Are you really the Lord of my life? And how true it is that we ourselves are tempted to have that same thought when things don't go the way that we expect them to go. And in just the same way as Christ did for John, he won't bust us out of this prison that we find ourselves in. But rather, Christ allows our desire for him to be purified through patience. A patience for the second coming, because as the Apostle James says in our second reading today, you too must be patient. Make your hearts firm because the coming of the Lord is at hand. And then he reminds us to take as an example of hardship and patience the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. See, this time of year is so difficult for us to live out this virtue of patience. But yet our Lord asks us to remember that we are not perfect. He knows we're not perfect. And it's not a perfection on this side of earth that we seek, but it is a perfection for the life to come, a joy that will never cease. And so as the to-do list piles up the remaining week and a half before Christmas, we are being called upon to live patiently, to be assigned to others of the joyful hope, not for joyful Christmas alone, but for a perfect advent of our lives, the coming of Christ at the end of our lives. May we live patiently then, accepting those imperfections, doing as St. James says, to not complain as hard as it may be, to keep our mouths clear of the things, the frustrations, the imperfections of others, the gossip that we may fall into. Because if we live patiently and we are able to endure simply this preparation for Christmas, then our coworkers, our spouses, our children will be able to see that we are living for more than an event on Christmas Day, but we are living for the event of Jesus Christ who comes to speak to our hearts 
and to come and save us, as our psalmist says. May we live patiently for the Lord the rest of this Advent, accepting our imperfections and the imperfections of those close to us, so that we can look forward to the perfection of the life to come. When Jesus, who came 2,000 years ago, and who continues to come to us today, will come again to lead us to the everlasting joy of the eternal kingdom.